Uh, there are very few times that kids will look at me and I'll be like, I have, they have no idea what I'm saying and that just happened, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, I, uh, you know, when, we, when we were in seminary, we, we did a few different mission trips uh, over the years. And I remember um, I was able to go to Jamaica for a mission trip with, uh, when, when I was on a summer assignment. Uh, with the missionaries of the poor in, in Kingston. Um, I remember I went to uh, Nicaragua uh, twice when I was at Notre Dame. Um, one of them that we went to was in Guatemala. Um, we went to Escapulas, Guatemala. We spent the night, the first night in, um, in Guatemala City uh, and then headed on over to Escapulas to like do our work. And I remember uh, when we landed in Guatemala City, um, they, we had a meeting set up with some teachers. Uh, like some teachers from the area and things. Uh, I think it was like a university or something. They, they had come over and it was just a bunch of seminarians meeting with this group of teachers. Um, and they had kind of like gave us like a little talk on what to expect and like where we were from, like just kind of the cultural context of Guatemala, which was really beautiful. Um, but as we were talking, we broke into small groups at one point and, uh, and one of the teachers asked us, they said something to the effect of um, like, what, what are you hoping to accomplish? Like, what, what do you want to do while you're here? And in our little small group, we were all kind of sitting, kind of pondering the question, what's the best thing to answer, right? Like, we want to look like the star student. And I remember I was the first one to speak because that's me. And I, I, I remember saying something to the effect of, well, I, I really want to go, like, help these people and fix their problems. And then we're going to, you know, like, like, just to be able to help them, like, alleviate some of their problems while we're here. And then, you know, we're, we're going to be leaving in a week. And the teacher, I still remember, she was sitting there and she looked at me and she kind of, she kind of paused for a second. And then she looks up at me and with all sincerity, she said, please leave that mentality here. I said, what? And she says, please, whatever you do, leave that mentality in this room, in this city, before you make the five hour trek across the country. Like, leave that mentality here. And, and I, like she started to explain it a little bit. She said, because you're not here to fix anything. I said, well, wait, we're, we're coming from, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're coming, to, we're, we're coming to, from the developed world to the third world. Like, right, we're coming to, to do things and we're coming to build things and we're coming to work on things and, and we're coming to be with people and all these things. Like, like the whole purpose of us coming is for us to do mission work. Like what's mission work look like? She said, she, she stopped me and she said, for a sec, just... Do me a favor. When you go, go ready to receive more than to give. So we go on a mission trip. We go, we go through and we're, we're doing our different things. And I'll never forget whenever it clicked what that teacher was talking about. Um, at one point, we were in the slums, like in this like really, really downtrodden uh, barrio and neighborhood of, of Guatemala. And, and, and we're, we're, we were all kind of assigned to these different people. Um, they broke us up. I didn't speak Spanish, but like one guy that spoke Spanish with the two or three other seminarians, and we were invited into different people's houses. And we walked into this lady's house to go visit, um, and her name was Maria Dolores. I'll never forget, which actually is a, a, like a, a version of Our Lady of Sorrows, Mary of, of Sorrows. Um, but I remember we walked into her house, and it was a shack that was no bigger than like this top platform. It was sheet metal. There was holes on both the top and the bottom, dirt floor. There was a bed off in the corner of a, a coal or wood-burning stove that was like just like very, very made out. Of, like it was made out of brick and mud, basically. Um, she had four chairs. None of them matched, and all of them were broken, right? And she pulled them up, like, and she just started, like, she was like, come on in, please. 
And as we come in, we, we sit down and she says, like, we're trying to talk to her and she's kind of running around in the, in the house and doing a couple of things. Um, she grabbed the nicest piece of bread that she had in the house and had a cup of coffee made for each one of us. And I remember thinking, this woman is Cajun, whether she knows it or not, right? <laughs> and we just talked. There wasn't anything special. But I remember walking out of that lady's house an hour later with the four seminarians, first of all, wondering, like, should we have eaten it? Should we have drank it? Because we don't know about, like, if our stomach can take it kind of thing. But then the other thing, that, the next thing that was on our mind was, she had nothing and gave. She also had nothing and was happy. It, it, it flipped the script so much on me. And like the, what the teacher had said was so true. She said, leave the mentality here. Like, leave the mentality, I'm going I'm to go to fix, I'm going to go to do, I'm going go to go to, to alleviate burdens, I'm going to go to do all these things. Like, she said, leave that mentality there and go ready to receive more than to give. And that's exactly what happened. Because I have a feeling that today that those people that we met are probably still sitting in poverty in the same little shacks in the same places. But I, I know what it means to give from poverty. I know what it means to live a happy life when it seems like you have nothing. I, I bring this up today because as we're, as we're reflecting on the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes flip the script. They flip the script so much on us as Christians and so often they're forgotten about. Like, let's, let's think about the, the context for a second, because I think the context of what we, what the, of the Beatitudes, I, I think really speaks to the message of the Beatitudes. And, and it really kind of drives home what's going on. The context, right? So it said the very beginning of Jesus' public ministry, this is one of the first things that he does in his preaching. In Matthew's Gospel, we hear about very, very few things before we get to Matthew 5, the first couple of chapters. Like, Matthew 5 is kicking off the, the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus, what does He do? He sits down with His disciples, with those people that are following Him, and He brings them up on a mountain. He sits down, and He's going to teach. This is the normal thing that a Jewish rabbi would have done. And when He starts to teach, the first thing He says is, Blessed are they who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That word blessed, the translation that we have, it says blessed. We think blessed, right? But what the translation from Greek would better be better be served by saying the word happy. The, the Greek word explicitly means happy. So Jesus is giving the center, like the catechism tells us, like this is the center of Jesus' teaching. This is like the main, the main meat of Jesus' teaching. And what is He doing? He's giving us the key to happiness. <laughs> He's giving us the, 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 the formula for what it means to be happy. Now, a Jewish person would have seen what Jesus was doing, where he was going to be on a mountain preaching and giving away, giving these eight different tenets, like these eight teachings, these eight little phrases, right? He, he would, they would have seen this and it would have hearkened them back. Like they would have thought back in the Jewish world to another time that someone went on a mountain and got a law. That was Moses on Mount Sinai went up on the mountain, spent days on a mountain. And what did he do? When he came down, he gave the law to the people. He came down from the mountain and gave the law to the people. And that was the Ten Commandments. 
We get the golden calf, he breaks the tablets, he goes back up, he gets new tablets, right? Like the whole thing, right? Like we know what happens in this story of the Old Testament, but the Jewish, a Jewish person would have seen Jesus on the mountain giving his teaching, and it would have reminded them of this. You see, Jesus is a new Moses, and a new Moses has a new law. And the law that Jesus gives is the Beatitudes, the happitudes, if you will. Like telling people how you're going to live a happy life. But they're interesting. Because they don't quite make sense. They flip the script, if you will. Blessed are you who are poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I'm I'm poor in spirit. Poor in spirit, a a way to think about that is I'm humble. And that's how I'm going to get a kingdom? By being humble? Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Uh, meek, right? A better word for, a, a, a more modern word for meek would be gentle. I'm going to be gentle, that's how I'm going to get land? No, that, that doesn't make sense. Like, uh, we, we wage war for land. No, no, no. Blessed are the meek, for you will inherit the land. Blessed are the pure, for you will see God. Blessed are the merciful, for you will be shown mercy. Well, if I'm merciful, I'm probably going to get taken advantage of more than shown mercy. You see, it's interesting because Jesus, what he's doing is, is in this context that he's giving it, that there's a, there's a little detail that we might miss, is that Jesus actually invites the apostles and the followers up the mountain with him. Moses, when he brought the law, brought the, brought the law down off the mountain. Like Dr. Petrie, one of the things that he had said about this was that it, it was actually something that, it, it actually kind of is an implicit showing of, of the law that Jesus gives is actually a higher law. It's a higher call to live the Beatitudes than to just follow the Ten Commandments. If you ask a, if you ask a, like a, if you ask a common Catholic on the street, how do I be holy? Most likely will point at the Ten Commandments. I, I know for, for confession, like if, if somebody comes in and they, and they like, Father, I ain't done this in a while and I, I know I got more sins. Cool, we're going to walk through the Ten Commandments because the Ten Commandments are an easy thing to remember and it just kind of tells us what not to do. But the end goal of the Christian life is not just to not sin. Let me say that again. The end goal of the Christian life is not just to not sin. It's not just to follow the commandments. It's not just to not do something. The end goal of the Christian life is to live a blessed, happy, fulfilled life. That's why St. Augustine said that the, the, ten, the Beatitudes is the higher call for us. It's a positive existence. It's not just a negative existence. It's not just don't do. Thou shalt not. We're called to live a fulfilled and happy life. But that life flips so much on its head. Called to be gentle. Called to be humble. Called to be merciful. The last last of the commandments. Let me grab my book. Sorry. (laughs) The last one is the really hard one. Blessed are they... Blessed are you when they insult you 
and persecute you and under every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. How many people here have ever been ostracized because of your faith? How many people here have ever had somebody tell you, uh, ever, somebody talk about something and then when you walk up, they, the conversation changes because, oh, you're a church person. You're a follower of Jesus. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. When that happens, you feel like rejoicing? When that happens, do you feel like, oh yeah, that, that was awesome. felt great, right? No. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> it's hard. I think as we, if we as Christians, as we as Catholics, like if we're honest with ourselves, it's a much harder call, it's a much harder life to live the high call of the Beatitudes than to not commit murder or not commit adultery or not steal. St. Thomas Aquinas, our patron saint, the, the Mass that we celebrate this weekend, once said, if you want to be a, if you want to be a, a Christian who lives the Beatitudes, love what it is that Jesus loved on the cross. Jesus, His perfect fulfillment of the call of the Beatitudes is the cross. The perfect fulfillment of what it means to be a Christian is the cross. Because Jesus didn't mistake anything of this world for His fulfillment. Like, think about it. Like, so often, it's, it, it's power, pleasure, status. Like, these are the kind of things that, that, that we want to fulfill us. Right? These are the kind of things that oftentimes we settle for in fulfilling us as opposed to the life that the Beatitudes promise. But when you look at Jesus on the cross, there's no power. He's weak. He's been beaten. There's no status. The cross is his throne. And the crown's a mockery. There's surely no pleasure. He's starving and hurt. And dying. This is the, the, the cross for us as Catholics, the cross for us as Christians is not, it, it's not an option. It's not an optional way of living. The life of the Beatitudes embraces it. The life of the Beatitudes is fulfilled in it. And today as we come to this Mass, we're being fed and strengthened so that we can live a life of the Beatitudes. Not just a not, not just not sinning, but a life that's fulfilled, a life that's happy, and a life that's not just meant for ourselves. May today when we come to this Mass, that the, the, the Lord, like at some point during this week, may, may the Lord just like put one of the Beatitudes on our heart, whatever one it is. Like if you want something to do this week, take, the, take today's Gospel and bring it with you into the chapel. Bring it into your favorite chair at home and don't put the TV on, right? Which one of the Beatitudes like sticks to you? Which one of the places is it that, that like God might be saying, hey, I want you to work on this. Be meek. Just a little bit. <laughs> like, like, like grow in your mercy towards others. 
Because it, it, it probably won't feel good. <laughs> it probably will be a little bit hard. It probably might seem like it's going to flip the script on your life a little bit. But that's where growth happens. May today as we approach this Mass, we recognize that our life is not, just meant, is not fulfilled in just not sinning. Don't, don't get me wrong, that's a, good fir- that's a good starting point. That's a good first step, right? <laughs> Let's start there. But our life is not fulfilled there. It's exactly it. It's the first step. May we look at the Beatitudes as our end goal. The Beatitudes is where God is calling us, the higher call, the place that He wants us to live. And if we need to, to, to question what does that look like, we don't have to look much further than the cross. When you look at the cross, it might seem so out of line, it might seem so, um, it, it might seem so inter- like weird to say this, but the cross is actually a happy man. The cross is a life that's, that's fulfilled and that has completely embraced the Beatitudes and the way to happiness. My prayer for all of us is that we would have the same kind of happiness in our own life. That we would, that we would live a life higher than just, not, than just a not. And that we would be men and women who are ready to live a happy and fulfilled existence.